Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, guys? It's Jared from the Corner Booth. Do you like living balls out? Oh, boy, do I have a spot for you. Over 200,000 customers happily agree Ballsy is the best place for men's grooming products for your man area. Free of BS chemicals like paraben and sulfate made right here in the U.S. of A. Go to Ballsy.com, use promo code BELLYUPSPORTS, all capitals. Ballsy is an official sponsor of the Corner Booth Podcast and Belly Up Sports. You are now in the Cornwood Podcast, a sports podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here is your host, Jared Clinton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Corner Booth Podcast. I am your host, Jared Clem, alongside my right-hand man, host of the Tailgate on the Quad Pod. And extremely happy Patriots and, and Crimson Tide fan, Mr. Kevin. Um, and in my other corner, we have my intern who threatened me over the weekend, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Samir Singh. Gentlemen, the NFL draft has come and gone. My stress level has dropped. The Eagles still find a way to become a meme, even when they nail their first round pick. The NFL draft in full form uh, season. Uh, I think they do the schedules next week, so we get a little week break. Uh, by the way, announcement: we will not be doing a show next week. It is our only vacation show we're taking until I don't know when. So we get one week off a year after the draft, so we're taking it this week coming. So we'll still do the live stream or whatever. We'll figure it out. But like I said, gentlemen. Doing it next week and not the week I can't be there. I see how it is. Oh, wait, no, no. The week that Kevin can't be there is the week we're going to take off. Sorry, I got my dates flipped. The 18th. Yeah. I mean, we could just do me and Samir could just do a goof-off show the entire time, but it would be hysterical. <laughs> um, maybe we could bring Savannah back to host instead of Kevin. <clears throat> Ask her about how Aaron Rodgers is doing. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, my God. All right. Speaking of NFL, let's get right into it. Uh, boys, we'll just start with our teams quick. We'll do a quick uh, – like a minute uh, summary of what you th- how you think your team did this year. Kevin, we'll start with you, your Patriots. How did you enjoy the draft? I loved every minute of it. I did not get it on camera, like Samir asked. However, my sister, while we were watching, she was holding the our dog leading up to the 15th pick because she didn't know how I was going to react if a team like the Saints traded up to get Mac Jones or if the Patriots just didn't take him. Um, but instead, I screamed like a lunatic when they picked him. I loved it. Love that pick. Christian Barmore, if he can be consistent, uh, he's going to be a hell of a player. We need help on the defensive line, especially at D-tackle. It's a very weak position. Ronnie Perkins is a stud. Ramondre Stevenson might be the signaling the end of the Sony Michelle era, which I'm a big fan of. And, I mean, 
McGrone, Bledsoe, and Sherman, uh, it might not work out great. Uh, they're later on guys. Sherman might stick around. Uh, Bledsoe, too, just to replace McCordy at some point or play strong safety if they put Duggar at free safety. Uh, Trey Nixon, small receiver. Bill Belichick likes those. Fair enough. Samir, your Giants, how you feeling right now? <clears throat> I'm feeling good. I uh, I wasn't feeling good for about a minute there. Uh, for a while. I mean, I, I will say my draft experience was pretty nerve-wracking. Just because I wanted Smitty so bad. And I was waiting and waiting, and he was falling and falling. And I was like, it's going to be it. It's going to be it. And, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I am, I guess, not exactly happy, but... In, a, in some way, happy to report that I have a recording of me reacting right when the Eagles traded up a spot in front of the Giants and took Devontae Smith. I was furious. Instagram later. <laughs> I might save it for a special occasion. <sighs> Buzzkill. And I'll put it out soon. <laughs> um, and I was bummed. I was sad. It was a it was a real uh, emotional roller coaster. But then the trade back. I like the trade back. I like that uh, the picks we got, and I like Kadarius Tony. I really like that pick. I like how we got Ojolari in the second. You know, people, uh, you know, in the early draft season were saying that we were going to take Ojolari with our first round pick. So having that kind of guy fall there, I, I don't mind it at all. Um, and I think we did the right thing with Aaron Ro- taking Aaron Robinson and Smith in the next rounds. I think. Um, solidifying our edge rushers, uh, solidifying our cornerbacks, uh, our secondary, because, you know, if, if just one or two of our guys get hurt, then, you know, we're back in the same situation we were, you know, um, and uh, I bet Jared, you know, can sympathize with having a thin secondary. Um, so I think all the reinforcements that we got um, were great um, after letting Wayne Gallman walk, taking Gary Brightwell. That's a fine pick as well. I, I, I'm very happy, and I'm excited for next year, too, with our two firsts. Fair enough. All right, so for me, <clears throat> I did not get a reaction <clears throat> of uh, the Eagles um, getting Smith because I was supposed to be scheduled on our live stream for all, like, with our, our boy Dan Mater over at MD's Fantasy to watch the live pick live. And I'm sitting there. I'm prepping. I'm getting ready. Cowboys on the clock. And all I hear is there's a trade. And I see... Fill it, and I hear the guys on NFL Network. I think Eisen had the best reaction. He's like, "Wait, what just happened?" And like, he goes, "The producer." He goes, "All right." He said, "The producer, whatever his name was." Hey, say that again. Um, he goes, "The Eagles and the Cowboys have made it. Have swapped picks in a third rounder." I love the Devontae Smith move. I think he fits seamlessly in the offense. Him and Hurts already like are hanging out in Philadelphia with Brandon Graham and the boys. When you get into the the later pick rounds, I wasn't so. I was a little irritated we took Dickerson that early. I think it's good, though, because Jason Kelsey and our guards, Jason, it's just a good to have that guy who can play in the middle. Uh, I love Dickerson, his t- just what he's get, what he can be when he's fully healthy. The Milton Williams pick, which became a meme over the Howie Roseman thing, I realize this dude's a physical freak as a defensive tackle, and with Fletcher Cox missing games certain at certain times, Hardgrave missing games, may not be the worst thing to have a physical freak D tackle coming up. The pick I love the most, though, is Zach McPherson. At Texas Tech, top really fast, speedy corner. Um, actually finished in the top five in PFF. I think it was for contested catches, great or something like that. But he's honestly a good solid tackle, or be kind of a nice mix in with uh, Maddox and 
Darius Slay. I wish they went up and got Samuel instead of Dickerson, but I can't have everything I want in this life. The later on picks, they just went and got depth at and you know linebackers. So whatever. And you I got your a, boy. You got your boy Kenneth. Oh my god, that pick made me happy. I was just like, oh boy. Uh, that also means the Boston Scott era, aka Baby Yoda, might be going, might be ending soon. Yeah, there's a chance. But I, I will say, uh, fantasy football wise, it kind of got me bummed out because I wanted to take uh, Kenneth Gainwell as a sleeper, but like I wanted to be, end up with like you know in a shaky backfield situation. I think his talent he, would give him a starting so role. Far? I don't know. It's just the dumbest thing. I don't understand how he fell that far. But I, I got the update on Saturday morning. I was like, Saturday afternoon, I was like, huh. Okay, we have a we have a guy who can literally blow past any boat. At least he's a kick returner. Like shit. Like that's perfect. Yeah. So, all right, boys, we'll get into some. Our uh, we'll start off. We'll go odd here. We'll go. We'll start off weird. So, Kevin, the floor is yours. Who do you think had the most overrated draft out of all the teams? Oh, overrated. Uh, I feel like. That's really tough. I really thought I don't feel like anyone really had a super overrated draft. No one's and was like, oh, this is the greatest draft ever. And uh, oh, uh, hang on, I actually just saw one that I was thinking about. I don't love the Dolphins draft. Really? Okay. I love the Waddle pick. I like the Hunter Long pick. I don't love the Jalen Phillips pick at 18. Uh, his health concerns scare me. I would not want to take him that high. The man medically retired from football. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't want him really on my team. Uh, nothing against him as a person. I just feel like that's it's that pick's being really overrated. Uh, concerned how Hunter Long will do. I think he's a good player, but I don't know. I feel like he's not good enough of a receiver to play wide receiver, and he's not good enough of a blocker to play tight end. He's going to be one of those weird tweener guys. So, yeah, I don't love the Dolphins draft, honestly, and some people are going to listen to that and yell at me. Yeah, fair enough. I, I You know what? I think I'll defend Jalen Phillips a little bit because the guy may, proves last year he can stay healthy. And I think if he continues that and he stays healthy, he's going to be a great uh, addition. So his 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 ceiling and his floor very far apart, but I did think they reached on Waddle. Um, I still love the pick. I do agree with you completely though about Hunter Long. I thought he was the fourth or fifth best tight end in the draft, and I just didn't. He's just a big tight end. Yeah, he had a lot of catches. That's because Boston College had no weapons. Uh, Samir, who was the most overrated class in your opinion for a team? I'm going to go with the Steelers here. <clears throat> I just I th- I think the fact that the Steelers didn't go uh offensive line until the 4th round or actually no the 3rd round uh still is very telling um about their priorities. I I think that um you know they could have kept James Conner if they improved the offensive line. The offensive line last year uh especially with the running game was atrocious. Uh, I think going I think Najee's a fine pick, and I think he'll be a very, very serviceable running back. But I think he's going to have a lot of trouble with the offensive line the Steelers produced this year. And I think that's going to hinder them big time, especially in the division they're in with the Ravens, with the Browns. Um, I also think Pat Fairmouth, I mean, I, I, I know the Steelers love their tight ends. I, I just don't really um, 
you know, they still have Ebron, who I think is serviceable. He drops a lot of passes, sure, but I, I don't think you have to go and, and burn a, a second rounder on, on, on another tight end there. Uh, and I just don't think they, you know, um, improved uh, on a lot of positions in this draft. Fair enough. Um, I'm looking around right now. Like, can we just agree, though, like the saddest thing ever was the Texans. Their first pick they got in the third round was a quarterback. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, was it, um, uh, Mills, Davis Mills. I was like, ouch. Um, wh- one, like, class that I just, I don't get the hype behind is Dallas. Yeah, I agree. I don't get it. I don't get, I mean, yes, I get, uh, Michael Parsons is a great linebacker, great. But they improved on their best position. Awesome. They did it last year. I mean, it worked out pretty good for them last year with wide receiver. The Kelvin Joseph pick was a reach to me. I think they could have, should have gotten Samuel. I think he's a better fit for them. Uh, after that, like I mean, yeah, Jabril Cox is a good is a good coverage linebacker. But like once again, they're just stack. They, they went after corners, but at weird at weird times. I just I'm not they 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 try they didn't even try addressing their offensive line until the fourth round. It was just kind of like. Great. Good for you, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, one other team that I kind of want to, like, reiterate, I think their their class, it, everyone's overhyping this so much, is the Chargers. I, I mean, the yeah, not the Rams. I mean, everyone's losing their minds. They're like, oh, the Chargers, the Rams is just a good class. They drafted Tutu Atwell, who weighs less than all three of us and is shorter than two of us. Like, the guy's a tiny dude. He's going to get – like, I'm getting a lot of Tavon Austin vibes. They fucked his career up. Yeah. Um, Ernest Jones is an okay pick. Like, Jacob Harris, nah, right? Like, there's nothing good about the class, the, the draft. It's just like they just have okay players. I, I just – I don't get all the hype. Everyone's like, oh, they, they drafted so late, so it was, like, right for where the position was. No, it's not. Just because you draft late doesn't mean you're getting saved – like everyone's giving the Raiders shit for the Leatherwood pick, but it's the guy they wanted. He probably wouldn't have been available at, like, I don't know, probably, like, early round two, but were they going to trade up for him? So, I mean, I, I'm, I'll i forgive him for that. I love Trayvon Morig. I love that pick. I love, uh, I love Gillespie out of uh, Missouri as well. So, I mean, I don't know. I just I think there was just a lot of teams that really get just overhyped the draft. I was going to say one honorable mention, though, and Samir, I'm not going to go at you. I loved your Giants draft. I did after round two, for round two back. I think they reached way too hard on Kadarius Tony. I think Rashad Bateman was the better pick there. Uh, I so I I've thought about this and I and I can see um where you're coming from with that, but I think um we we wanted a smaller, more explosive guy, and I'm not exactly sure that Tony would be back around uh with our second round pick. No, I he think there's. Have. Yeah. He would have been gone by like 37. Yeah, and so my kind of thought process with Bateman versus Tony is um, I think that we already got our, our big body deep threat receiver. Um, we don't we don't need two of those. If we can have like a versatile, quick guy that can, you know, really uh, bust open plays like at any time, um, I think that pairing that with Kenny Galladay um, would be the and, and a guy who's like really really proficient in the slot as well and has kind of versatility with you know you can do trick plays you can uh, he can 
uh, you can hand the ball off to him a few times and the guys can return punts. I think um, the versatility there and like the way um, he kind of fits within the Kenny Galladay offense is, is, is what I like about it. Fair enough. Kevin, anything to add? Uh, not about overrated classes. All right. Let's do underrated. Who's getting shit on or who's getting not getting enough attention and you guys think they deserve the, the spotlight right now? What team hit it out of the park but nobody's giving them the credit for right now? Um, can I just say the Patriots? I was. They were my pick, but you can take it. I'll find another one. I don't know why uh, people are shitting on the Mac Jones pick. It makes no fucking sense. Thank you. He, they didn't trade up for him. I don't know how Bill Belichick like was able to just sit there and go, I'm not going to trade up. If he falls, he falls. If not, I'll take someone else. Matt Jones is going to be a very good NFL quarterback. He's accurate. He's smart. He's more athletic than people give him credit for. I was looking at his pro day numbers, the official numbers that like people looked at after the fact and I said, okay, here's what he actually did. And, like the 40. Like, the NFL official 40 time frame was 481. Mm-hmm. That's around Baker, Mayfield, Dak Prescott combine numbers. Yeah. When people look at Dak and Baker, they'll go, oh, these guys aren't athletic, so why are they doing that Mac Jones? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm a little lost here because I, I, I don't understand the whole, the whole shit on Mac Jones pick. Like, I... I Samir, who, who is a... Who is your underrated draft class to you? I I, I want to hear what your thoughts are on this one. Um, I, I, a draft I actually really liked uh, was the Vikings. I liked that. I think the Darisol pick was great. They need. I mean, they had they needed a tackle, and they yeah. went and got a great one. Um, and and then I also liked the Kellen Mond pick in the third. I think um, that's a great pick. In like, I I personally don't like Kirk Cousins really that much. Um, and he's been serviceable for the Vikings. I think Kellen Mond, um, uh, uh, Kellen Mond was round three pick two. Um, and round I thought 66. Why 66. is it saying round? Why is this telling me it's round two? I don't know. It was round two. Yeah, NFL was- is telling me it's round three pick two. Huh. But either way, 66 overall, still not uh, still not a crazy overpay for a guy that I think could develop and uh, a, be pretty a decent, smart uh, starting quarterback uh, for the Vikings uh, in the future. Uh, as a matter of fact, though, it's kind of funny. I don't know if you guys saw his old tweet that said uh, Minnesota is like a trash state. Someone, it was like from 2016. He was like. Minnesota is a horrible state, uh, and then he got drafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I like how they address the defense with uh, Chaz Surratt, uh, Patrick Jones, uh, Cameron Bynum. I think these are all good picks for a defense that really struggled last year. Fair Especially enough. the Surratt pick. Um, it was round three, by the way. The ringer sucks. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't like using them that much. Um, I'm just using for their list. True. I'm trying to see, because I, I had a Kevin, my my one was the Patriots, but I should have known Kevin was going to use them. The Lions are two. Everyone's everyone's hyping the Lions up right now. Um, we can make fun of the Saints in a second. 
I don't want to pick Philly because like they're a TBH, they're a TB to be determined for me. Um, yeah, you know, honestly, I don't like theirs either. Wow, like a lot of it's like Patriot. Kevin, you fucking me up here with that Patriot. Okay, stuff. I have another one if you want to keep looking. Oh no, no, I got one right here. Um, give me the Carolina Panthers. Mm, I true. fucking love their draft class. J.C. Horn, my favorite defensive player in the draft. Big, physical, aggressive, perfect. Two, they go get my favorite underrated receiver, second-round guy in the draft, Terrence Marshall. Big target, can run, good after the catch. He can play inside and out. Um, Brady Christensen out of BYU, a highly rated tackle, honestly. I mean, he was only, like, I think he was seventh or eighth in the position rankings. Let me see right now. Uh, total offensive line is 17th. It's not a bad pick in third round. Um, they got Tremble out of Notre Dame, Chubba Hubbard in the fourth round, who I was really high on as a sleeper pick. Kevin remembers from our draft special. Um, they got Deontay Brown, who is a absolute mammoth of a human being. Uh, I like, and Keith Taylor out of Washington, everyone was sleeping on the quarterback rankings, but his tape was great. So yeah, I think like Carolina kind of sneakily just like made a lot of improvement. Cause everyone in the AFC South talking about how the pit, like the Falcons to Kyle Pitts and you know, and we got the, the Buccaneer. Uh, like, I think the, the Jace, like the Panthers had the best draft class in their division. Cause the Buccaneers draft class was yeah. fucking terrible. Like I yeah, don't it get really it. It was fucking horrible. The saints are a fucking meme. I'm so there. Like, I, I love it. And then the the Falcons like needed help in every other position, but yeah, we'll take Kyle. Pitts. I mean, you have to take Kyle Pitts, obviously, but like Richie Grant, they could have waited a couple picks on. Um, Darren Hall, I I even he was not even like for most draft boards for cornerbacks, he was even ranked into like the tens or twelves for corners. Um, no, a lot of like weird picks there, but yeah, no, I I just want to talk about let's meme on Cruz for a minute. You guys ready to meme on? Can Cruz? I get my other? Yeah, go Sleeper. for your other. Sorry. Uh, I love the Denver Broncos draft class. Oh, for sure. I do, too. Absolutely. It was, I mean, you get the best corner of the draft at nine. I'll, I'll you get, it. oh, Patrick Stanton is better than J.C. Horn right now. Right now, yes. So, and if you're taking a guy in the top ten, you expect him to contribute immediately. So, Patrick mm-hmm. Stanton's the better pick. Uh, Javante Williams, North Carolina. Jared, I know you love those UNC running backs. I'll talk about it. <laughs> and then, I also just want to point out, Jamar Johnson in the fifth round was a hell of a steal. Yeah, you were hype as fuck about this guy pre-draft. He's a phenomenal player. Uh, he does have his deficiencies. He can't tackle great. But outside of that, he is a great player. He's going to be really good. Uh, I'm mad that the Broncos took Seth Williams. I really did not want a Den- uh, an Auburn player taken before a special teams player. That did not happen, unfortunately. But That's a hell of a bet, by the way, if you can pull that one off. What? If a special teams player gets picked before an Auburn player, that's a hell of a bet. I'm trying to see when the first, because there was a kicker taken relatively early. Yeah. I just want to make fun of the Saints for five minutes because <laughs> they just – every pick uh, they had here, 
I'm looking at it. They reached on. Okay, so they reached in round one. They reached in round two. I don't hate the cornerback out of Stanford they got. He's not a bad player. But then Ian Book, Kevin's favorite quarterback in round four. <laughs> and then Kawan Baker. Out of, I think mean, the Kawan Baker pick isn't bad. But then Landon Young in round six. I didn't even know he was on the draft board. Um, Yeah, no, the Saints are just are just a meme to me at this point. So you have a quarterback problem, right? All right, let, let's let's go get uh, Ian Book. <laughs> they must really believe in Jameis Winston or yeah, think they have the inside track for Rodgers. They like saying they believe in Taysom Hill, uh, the Mormon Steve Young. Sweet Lord, I I just that whole like storyline cracks me up. At least they took they didn't take Book super early. Like the fucking box taking Trask in the second. Ugh, I, I, I wanted a text from you so bad. You disappointed me. I was waiting for a, a laughing text or something about Trask going that high. I was I was disappointed, Kevin. I was waiting for some like snarky text about Kyle Trask. I was like, oh, damn it. You know, I think uh, I think the Saints promised that they wouldn't uh, draft a good quarterback uh, for Taysom Hill. They told them. Because they're like, you're going to have a, a white boy summer. We're like, we've been listening to Chet Hanks. We're going to give you this summer for, you could think you're the starting quarterback summer. of the Saints. Right. Yeah, and then and then maybe when, you know, right, it's September 21st. They'll be like, nah, Jameis is the starting quarterback. I got to give a shot to Packers fans quick because the hype they're giving Amari Rodgers right now. Yeah. It's going to keep Aaron Rodgers here is hysterical. I, I'm, I'm like... Yeah, guys, he drafted the best route runner and the, the second best route runner in the draft. Woohoo! I don't know. You could even put Waddle ahead of Rodgers for route running, or maybe even Bateman because Bateman ran, ran Bateman ran some crispy ones. But um, yeah, no, I, I just love hearing the Amari Rodgers hype from Packers Twitter because you know we are a fan. Packers Twitter loves our show, obviously because of Kevin. But um. I, I love hearing the Amari Rodgers hype. Like, it's such a huge pick. And I'm like, you guys realize he's like the 12th best receiver in the damn class, right? I thought that was hysterical. The the Packers also failed this draft. Oh, so my God. They, oh, well, first of all, you could you could, they could have taken Eric Stokes. Like, they could have traded up and like with some capital and gotten Eric Stokes mid-second round. That pick made also, no sense to me. Your quarterback's bitching about – just take a receiver. Bateman is sitting – It's so okay. easy. Like, like literally sitting right there. Just call Aaron Rodgers. Be like, hey, no, you don't want to talk to us right now. But if we were to take a receiver, like, in our range, like, we're not trading up to 10 to get someone. But in our range, like, who would you want us to take? And then you go get them. Yeah, it seems pretty reasonable to me. Yeah, I'm not complaining either. If he's like, I want Rashad Bateman, you go, okay, call up a team. Hey, we'll give you a first, a second, and a second next year. Keep your Hall of Fame quarterback happy. Green Bay does not understand that concept. Not at all. Or wait for his 40 to start pissing him off, because then he's at the end of the road. It's it's bad, because he's about to go to fucking Denver or... Uh, the Denver thing cracks me up now that that's a possibility. And I apparently, think happen. According to Stink, no, seriously, Mark Schlereth is like, yeah, it's like almost a done deal. They're just like trying to figure out shit because like Green Bay is being a jackass thinking they can still like I had a guy asking who listens to our show. He's one of the uh, one of the older guys at our gym. 
he literally asked me, he goes, Hey, I heard your show the other day, your live stream for a minute. What do you think about Rogers? What is, what's going to happen? And I'm like, listen, it's like the ex-girl. It's like the, it's like the breakup where the boyfriend is in denial and the ex-girlfriend's been done for two weeks. It's like, it's going to happen, but it's going to be long. It's going to be ugly. And that June 1st, that June was it? June 1st, Kevin, for the, when the salary gets cut in half from promise Dale Rogers. Yeah. Yeah, that June 1st deadline, it's going to make this ugly as fuck. But here's the thing. June 1st, do not be surprised if Aaron Rodgers is wearing a new uniform and Jordan Love is going to get thrust in the spotlight. Speaking of Jordan Love, want to talk about how biting fucking kneecaps, the Detroit Lions had a fucking incredible draft. I, I Like, them and the Jaguars, I think, had the two best classes. Like top, like like well, like you know, you have teams like the Giants, Eagles, Patriots, Cowboys, Vikings. You know, you know, a lot of teams. There's only a couple teams that had bad drafts this year. A lot of teams had good, solid drafts. I only say about four or five had shit ones. You know, it was a very rare draft team where a lot of teams actually had good drafts. But there were like yeah. four teams that had fucking incredible ones: the Denver Broncos, the Carolina Panthers, Detroit Lions, Jacksonville Jaguars. You could guys get out if you if you want. But the fucking Peninsula at seven. Then who, uh, Levi, whose name I cannot pronounce out of Washington at pick nine, um, Aline McNeil, who's a large man. They get the corner from Syracuse with incredible ball skills. And they get a Ross St. Brown as a slot receiver in at four. They, and then they get Jamar Jefferson out of, out of Oregon state as kind of a change of pace back to replace Adrian Peterson. And I'm, I'm sitting there like, and they get Derek Barnes out of Purdue. Who's, best film was against uh the Buckeyes when Purdue pulled off that upset three years ago so I'm like that's a great draft class to me and then the fucking Jaguars Urban Meyer's first NFL draft yes they reached on Travis Etienne but they wanted him I I guess they want that two-back system with uh James Robinson Tyson Campbell love his tape I think he's got to worry he's got tight hips so I get a lot of uh, Justin Gilbert vibes uh, Walker Little, I loved his tape. Kevin, me and you both had him as our sleeper picker. I think our bottom five for tackle was one of the two. Andre Kisco out of Syracuse, I had him as my sleeper for safety. Um, yeah, I the Jags, their first four rounds were incredible too. So, no, I love their picks. The ETN pick was the dumbest pick I've seen. Yeah, that was bad. Oh, I no, it was stupid, I don't they, care. They, they, they I product. do not care if you want to run a two back set. You can get a back later. Yeah, very easily. It, it, you have and other. And if was in the what fifth, you got him in the fifth. Yeah, true. Just as effective as James Robinson. Also, the Jets killed this draft. Oh, oh yeah, they I, did. I, I mean, besides like Zach, Zach Wilson. Yeah, I don't I mean, like Zach Wilson. Outside of that, they took traded up, got Elijah Vera Tucker, which you know protect your rookie quarterback. Elijah Moore. Uh, you know, give your rookie quarterback someone to throw to, and then they take Michael Carter out of North Carolina. Give him a running back to yeah. take some pressure off him. Three safeties, though. I, I, I unless you need one of those. Should address corner for sure. They definitely should have addressed corner. I mean, they got Jason Panuk out of Pitt in the fifth, and they got Brandon Eccles out of um, Kentucky. He was the other cornerback to where uh, Dallas's guy was. I mean, yeah, no, Kevin, that was the other one I was looking at was I love the New York Jets' is one because they, they basically said, hey, we have a new rookie quarterback. Let's not fuck up like we did last time with Sam. Let's put shit around him to win. And 
Honestly, if I'm if I'm Zach Wilson right now, I start day one with a with Tevin Coleman and Michael Carter as my running backs. Not bad. Uh, Elijah Moore, um, who's their slot guy? Um, Crowder and Corey Davis. And I also have Vera Tucker and Becton on one side blocking for me. That's not terrible at all. That's a not that's I mean it's like a seven win team, but still already better than the Jets for Sam Darnold. Yeah, absolutely. I saw a video today of a guy of a Jets fan, like legitimately seriously being like, this is the first time I've ever trusted a Jets regime. What they did in the draft, it makes me believe that they're actually building a team and they are putting the pieces together to actually win, you know, and he's right. You know, uh, it's a complete change of pace. Uh, this, this front office, uh, uh, seems serious to win and, and, and they've kind of proved in this draft. I liked it. All right. Uh, two more questions for NFL, and we'll switch up to some other stories. Um, which team out of these four do you think is going to drop off first? Cause I'm starting to see like, the, so um, Seattle, um, New Orleans, Green Bay, and I'd yeah. So let's just do those three actually: Seattle, New Orleans, Green Bay. Which of these NFC powerhouse things is going to drop off faster? Because all of my shit drafts. All of them, like, have some reason why they're, like, on the edge. Green Bay's pissed off their quarterback. Seattle won't get their quarterback help. And New Orleans is in denial after Drew Brees is gone. What do you guys think of these two, three teams? Like, who is the most fucked? That's an interesting question. I think it... um... I think it. I think it's the Saints. Uh, if we if we look at this complete from the perspective that Aaron Rodgers won't be traded, if Aaron Rodgers stays in Green Bay, then Green Bay is a contender always. If they get traded, uh, and we're talking just based on this draft, I'm assuming, just yes. based on this draft and completely taking out of the Aaron Rodgers drama. If Aaron Rodgers stays with the Packers, the Packers are fine. I think looking at the Saints draft, um, seeing what they did. Um, uh, in this draft, I I'm not inspired. I think that their defense is going to age quickly, and they're not going to be able to they, draft replacement. Like they, I don't know if they're capable of drafting replacements to help that number one defense or number two defense in the league. Uh, and if you if you can't if you keep thinking that your scheme can you can whip up Taysom Hill to be a great quarterback uh, just by putting Kamara and Thomas around him, I don't think. I don't think that's uh, the right move. I think they'll fall off because the other two teams have franchise quarterbacks. I think oh, no, that's I, the difference. I agree completely. I will offer this, though, scenarios one more change. We'll throw in the Rodgers drama now. Let's toss that in. Sure. Just say, fuck it. Let's toss it in. Your answer is still New Orleans. I think it's still New Orleans because I think for they the Packers will get a great package. Also, that, they still have Jordan Love. Right, exactly. They have a guy that they wanted, so they still have the guy that they traded up to get. I mean, I mean, who knows who how he's going to be? I don't think he's going to be that great, but still, they're going to be peppered with picks for the future, and they'll probably get a couple high impact players as well. The Packers' offense isn't also isn't that bad outside of Devontae Adams. You have a top ten receiver in Devontae Adams. You have Robert Tanyan, who was a very good tight end slash wide receiver last year. You have Aaron Jones. You have AJ Dillon. You have a, an aging, but still a very or a pretty good offensive line. This isn't a bad team outside of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, no, they'll, he they'll threw be, 48 touchdown passes last year. 
I'll offer this. It's a nine and seven team with Jordan Love tomorrow. Nine and seven. Uh, so they're just not gonna play a game. Oh, sorry. Are they ten and seven or nine? Nine, and eight? nine, nine and eight. My bad. I I can see ten and seven with Jordan Love. Uh, defense still is outside of you know they have some question at quarterback. Their defense isn't terrible. It's not a good defense, but it's not terrible. It will probably be middle of the road. I can see them making the playoffs with Jordan Love at quarterback still. I'm not saying they would. I'm saying they're in that nine, eight, nine and eight, ten and seven range. So yeah, I'll agree with you there. Uh, For me, also, I think it'd be Seattle. By the way, you think it's Seattle? Seattle's fucked. Oh no, Russell no. Wilson has been running for his life the last five years now. Yeah. He, he has to break at some point. He also still is not happy in Seattle. That's kind of been swept under the rug with the draft coverage, the air. That was never resolved. They just kind of stopped talking about it. Yeah. So I think Seattle's fucked because they, yeah, they have Tyler Lock and they have DK Metcalf. They don't really have a running game. They don't have an offensive line. Their defense has been getting worse every year. But Jamal Adams solves it. It's, it, they are not a good team outside of Russell Wilson, really. He is the only reason they're successful. And if he goes down or if he says, sees what Aaron Rodgers is doing, he goes, you know what? I've done enough in my career to be happy with myself. I will retire if you don't trade me. All and right. that would be, yeah, that would be devastating. <laughs> that would suck. I will off. I will say this one: all three teams are fucked. For you guys said it pretty much. The Saints are in denial over the Drew Brees thing. I think the Panthers are going to win this division within the next two years. Whether it's a Sam Darnold at quarterback or whoever they draft to replace him, that roster is incredible. They could plug and play anybody there. They could even like make if let's say Rodgers plays one more year in Green Bay, and Darnold sucks. But they offer a ton of picks. I could see Dar like is Aaron playing in Carolina because Terrence Marshall is going to be an electric receiver. I love DJ Moore. They just need to draft a tight end next year and they're fine. Maybe they go make a move for Ertz. I don't know. Um, in Seattle, Kevin, you hit it on the fucking head. There's nothing besides Metcalf and Lockett. There's nothing if I'm a player to even keep me there. That defense played great down the backstretch, but because the teams they were playing. We're just so physically defeated anyway that they were just beating up on guys. The Giants held them to six points. That's embarrassing. That game literally made me want to rip my eye sockets out. And with Green Bay, I'm going to say they're the most fucked in my book because this Aaron Rodgers thing is going to be a problem, and every other team in the division got better in this draft. Justin Fields, quarterback of the future in Chicago. The, the Vikings plugged a lot of holes in their, in their hey, Dalvin Cook and friends offense. And then you have the Lions biting fucking kneecaps, getting mean, nasty dudes on in the trenches. You build through the trenches out. Belichick proved that. Andy Reid proved that. Anybody on their coaching trees who's been successful proved that. You build with a quarterback. You build through the trenches. Do I think they're going to be a Super Bowl contender with Jerry Goff? No. Do I think they could win a division if they get a good line around them? Yes. So there you go. That is my response to that. All right. Uh, anything else you guys want to add in the draft? You guys want to move on to some baseball and some hockey? I do think that um, I do wish the Lions added a few more weapons in this draft. 
too. It'll come though. I, I think I think it'll I, it'll be a, a rebuilding year, which is fine. And I think next year they'll they can make a splash in free agency or grab someone. There's always I mean, a chance that breaks out. If they want to commit to Jared Goff long term, he's still young. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty six, right? Oh uh, yeah, he's a year younger than once. Yeah, twenty six. All right. Uh, you guys want some breaking news? Yeah. Uh, DK Metcalf is going to run in the 100 meter dash at the USA USA Men Track and Field uh, Trials. If he runs a 10.5 or better, or, or 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 shorter, he will qualify for the Olympics. That's incredible. That would that would be the most impressive that, thing he's ever I done. I think it's just because of the Buda Baker thing like and my favorite yeah. is the whole like you have time for jesus christ don't run from the lord video that is like the best thing ever but that'd be crazy if dk is like two track two two athlete two two uh sport athlete but it's track and field and football that'd be cool yeah that man matt that man in open in open field is terrifying <laughs> all right all um right. anything else before we move on kevin no all right samir Mets Phillies. God, okay, so for once in my life, the Philadelphia Eagles are not the most talked about thing in Philadelphia right now. What is going on with the Phillies? Are they just a meme, or it, it, what is going on here? Uh, so uh, I will preface this by saying um, whoever has been scheduling the Sunday night baseball games have been doing a fantastic job. They've had five games so far, um, Sunday night baseball games, and – there's only been one game in which uh, the game wasn't tied in the ninth inning. So that's just wow. scheduling fantastic baseball. There's one blowout. Um, and, like, all entertaining. Like, the first game, it was that uh, Angels-White Sox game. You had Otani pitching and hitting. You had the Jared Walsh walk-off homer. You had the Padres-Dodgers. Uh, and now we had this uh, Mets-Phillies, you know, Scandal, but I will say the NL East, uh, horrible division so far. The Mets are leading it at 11 and 11. Uh, you're sitting at 500. I mean, just a gross division. The the absolutely the NFC East of, of baseball right now. You know, and this the, <laughs> the most disgusting is my, the NL West have four teams that are at least two games over 500 or better, and all of them would be leading the division the NL NL East right now. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, uh, but in this game, uh, essentially, in an already controversy-riddled uh, series, as I don't know if you guys saw the the call where uh, Lindor fielded a ball, um, reached out to tag a guy but missed him by a foot, and then threw a guy uh, out who was safe at first, and then they called both both uh of they called the guy who was running to second out because he was off of the base path, which just wasn't true. Just oh, horrible calls right? by the. Um, yeah, yeah, it was McCutcheon. Yeah, it was yeah. McCutcheon. So just like questionable calls, and then this um, – it sucks that the weekend series had to end with Reese Hoskins hitting the game-tying home run. Then they call it back because it hit the fence and bounced back in and not a seat. Uh, and they took away the home run. It was a ground rule double, and the Phillies ended up losing. Uh, that is kind of the m- most recent uh, umpire controversy in baseball. Um I will throw in another thing in baseball that's happening right now. The Houston Astros are visiting Yankee Stadium for the first time since the cheating scandal, and they're getting booed to holy hell. Uh, and it just started. I'll keep you, you know, updated. Bregman hit a, a a solo shot in the top of the first, and then Stanton hit a two-run bomb to answer right after. 
absolutely electric right now in the stadium. So baseball has been entertaining, but a little weird. Fair enough. Um, Kevin, Tom Wilson's in the news. Hey, hang on. Oh, sorry. Did, you have reaction? Did you guys see the tweet? It was a tweet going around. It was like, name a job that you get paid to be wrong. And um, everyone retweeted it and said, MLB re- review ump. Yeah. Ed Weatherman. It couldn't be a meteorologist. Oh, that's bullshit. I saw True. Skip Bayless and MLB replay. <laughs> yeah, Skip they should add Max Kellerman, too. <laughs> uh, Max Kellerman knows boxing, which is weird. Yeah, he knows it really well, too. Well, actually, that's what he started doing, but... yeah. And I also love seeing the clips of Stephen A. He just doesn't know what he's talking about sometimes. Like, he was talking about the Wizards, and he was like, Thomas Bryant had a great season. He's been out since, like, January. <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite one, though, was Ryan Hollins. Did you see the clip when he was talking to uh, Shaq and uh, I think it was I think it was Max Kellerman, and he said, nobody can – LeBron – nobody can – like, Kobe and Jordan could not fill LeBron's shoes. And Shaq goes to Stephen A. Can I walk off the show now, please? Like, this is bullshit. <laughs> Ryan Holland's maybe the dumbest human being I've ever seen in my life. He yeah. knows the draft. He, like, gets a lot of NBA draft prospects right, though. It's weird. Yeah, no, like, then they should just keep him to the draft because he. I'll, I'll send you guys the clip because I have it saved permanently, like, on, on my TikTok. Like, I'll send it both to you. I think, Kevin, I, sent, I think I sent it to you. You probably have. The Some teams should just hire Ryan Holland, though, to be a scout because he knows talent. Oh yeah, I I I don't I mean because I think I remember I saw him a clip he was na- he nailed a couple of them. I can't believe the NBA season's almost over. Thank God. I just want to see I just want my Timberwolves to get ready for next year, get another top five pick and roll. Yeah, all those top five picks have really helped them out lately. I mean, listen, they're they're playing since they've gotten Towns, uh, um, D'Lo and Edwards on the same uh same floor. I think they're above five hundred since all three of them have played. So. They didn't keep them all healthy. There you go. Optimism. Kevin, that's the that's how I'm rolling. That's all you can have as a Timberwolves fan. That's all you can have. <laughs> all right. Uh, anything else before we move on to hockey? No. All right. Kevin, Tom Wilson's in the news. For us non-hockey people, wah, besides playoff penguins, roll with me. Let, what we got here? So Tom Wilson is a dirty player. Okay. We're just going to start off with that. He is... An extremely dirty player. He hits people from behind, cross-checks guys. Basically does whatever the hell he wants. Uh, the other night, he cross-checked the guy in front of the net against the Rangers. He plays the Caps against the Rangers, cross-checked the guy in front of the net. Uh, Panarin jumped on his back, and not jumped on his back, but like grabbed him from behind. They started scrapping. Tom Wilson slammed him on the ground and just started hitting him even more. Not like slipped, like picked him up, threw him on the ground, which is an easy way to give a guy a concussion. And everyone's like, he's a repeat offender. You have to suspend him. He got a $5,000 fine. Yeah. Which is the most he can get. The Rangers released a statement about it. Oh, boy. The New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these type of acts. We find and we find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate action and suspend him indefinitely. Wilson's dangerous and reckless action caused an injury to Artemi Panarin, 
I'm hoping I'm around, Jared, that will prevent him from playing again this season. We view this as a dereliction of duty by NHL head of player safety, George Paros, and believe he is unfit to continue in his current role. Wow. She's going for the jugular. I love it. They're not wrong. NHL likes saying we are big on player safety, but they don't do anything about player safety. They're just like the NFL. Yeah, no, they they literally run like the NFL, like 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 a three legged race. Um, I just it's like <clears throat> I'm just laughing at the max fines only five thousand dollars. That's yeah. it. That's hysterical. I've seen players get bigger fines in the NFL for wearing the wrong color cleats. They're like ten grand. The MLB like for like. Mouthing off at a fan, twenty five grand. Like it's it, it's hysterical to me. The NHL to me has just got to get their shit together. They they won't. I don't know why. Like I agree with the Rangers. And yeah, for sure. NHL player safety department player safety needs clean house. Get in people who will actually do something about player safety. Next CBA increase the maximum fine. I guarantee you every single team will be in favor of that. Every single player will be in favor of that, except anyone on the Capitals. True. I I think it'd be a great idea. And by the way, did yeah. you see also the fine on Barzal the other night? He got a $2,000 fine for, like, flopping or whatever, where he was just legitimately just hooked. And they just fined him. It was just horrible. Yeah, the, the NHL is so stupid. Uh, NHL, Batman, do something smart. Hire me as the head of player safety. Kevin's available for interviews Monday through, Monday through Friday at 10 a, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. I don't care. If you want to interview me at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I will get up and I will interview. Fair enough. All right, boys, you ready for next segment? Yep. Yeah. Boys, it's May the 4th. Hell yeah, baby. One of the greatest days of the year. Um, May the 4th be with you both. And you as well. Um, and also I, with you. <laughs> there you go. I love, uh, everyone knows, we all love Star Wars here. Um, me and Kevin did an entire episode devoted to Star Wars on our live stream about a year ago today, or about a year ago in about a, month, a week, um, where Ryan McCarthy th- yelled at both of us <laughs> over the chat about our Star Wars movie rankings. But yes, I love Star Wars dearly. I grew up with it since I was a little kid. Everyone's like, when it comes to nerdiness, where do you rank? I'm like, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, and Marvel all rank at one, and then there's everything else behind it. But Star Wars to me was the first thing me like me and my uncle and my dad all connected on, so it was cool. All right, so gentlemen, how are you celebrating May the 4th this year? I, of course, will watch the new episode of The Bad Batch, and I'll probably like watch one of the star Wars movies tonight before I pass out or, or while I'm editing Samir, how did you celebrate? Uh, I went back. Uh, I, I wanted to, I will eventually take a look at the bad batch probably tonight. I wanted to, uh, before checking that out, I wanted to rewatch some of my favorite clone wars episode today. I watched lightsaber lost. I think that's one of my favorite episodes of the clone wars where, uh, Ahsoka gets her a uh, little saber stolen. And that's one of the, bigger episodes for her and i love the clone wars so that was pretty awesome i was just chilling being like hell yeah star wars rocks 
It's so weird because I hate that episode of Clone Wars, which I think is hysterical. I don't mind uh, it. I, th- I think it's pretty good. I don't love the episode in and of itself, but I understand the importance of it. It Ahsoka was written to not written to be, but she was very annoying at first. And he was kind of written that way. Like um, Dave Filoni's come out and said, like we wanted her to be annoying at first, and then that episode was written to kind of signify a change in her attitude and behavior. Fair. So I like it for the importance of the show, not necessarily the episode in and of itself. True. Also, Cl- Plo Koon's a badass. I'll just say that. Hell yeah. Hell I yeah. wanted to be Plo Koon for uh, Halloween one year. I have a Plo Koon mask, but it didn't That's fit awesome. me. It was too big. <laughs> um, I, I'm i going to watch probably Bad Batch later, obviously. Kevin, you, you said you watched Bad Batch already, right? Yes, I watched it earlier today. What would you think of it? Good? It was incredible. There you go. Perfect. So this isn't a spoiler. Can I complain about something real quick, though? Sure. Sure. There's a character in it that, in the trailer, speaks and has an Australian accent. Okay. No one in Star Wars has had an Australian accent at this point. I'm very confused. No, um... They kind of... Some do. No, they're, um... Dengar had one. Bounty Hunter. Okay. I'm still confused why there are only two people with an Australian accent. Like, British accents, they all have because it was, like, made in England, the originals. Uh, Quinlan Voss had an American accent, too. Yeah, it's either American or British. I don't get why they randomly decide to go Australian at times. True. It's just kind of like, you know, I feel like Australian is just kind of like, you know, like rugged. You know, some could even say spicy British. So, like, if you want to make a a guy (laughs) seem a little... uh, Seem a little, uh, you know, dangerous, given the so Australian you make a t-shirt. Australian is just spicy British. I mean, like, because I, I love how they make, like, a lot. So my favorite is how, like, Mandalorians either have a thick American or, like, New Zealand accent or are British. Like, it never made sense to me. During the Clone Wars, you had guys like Satine, people like Satine who were very British-sounding, but then her sister, um, Bo-Katan, sounded American as hell. You know, you know, I have Jango Fett and Boba Fett who sound, of course, New Zealand because they're from New Zealand, obviously. But then you have half of the people who worked in Mandalore sounded American or, yeah, basically just American. I, it cracks me up. The, the inconsistency of accents in Star Wars is definitely something I never really thought about and I'm thinking about it. But, um, I mean, even Din Djarin, like, as we're listening to Mandalorian music right now, he, um, he sounded um american so i think it was perfect it's it's definitely an interesting thing to think about um so boy so samir me and me and kevin have already expressed our favorite um star wars movies what is your favorite star wars movie uh my favorite star wars movie is empire that i i I know it's a basic answer but i think it's still the best movie and every time i watch it i i get the most enjoyment from it and that movie rocks do you want to hear ours yeah kevin want to go first or want me to go first I don't even remember mine. I haven't watched Star's movie in a while. I think you are said, you guys pre are you guys prequel freaks? I grew up with them, so like I I'm very skeptic about them. Um, Clone Wars made them less more made them more tolerable to me because I hated them when I was a kid. Um, yeah, I really hated them because I grew up with them, so that's why. Uh, Kevin, you but said I, I, I do love the Sith. That was your favorite. What did I say? You said Revenge of the Sith. Oh, yeah, it's my favorite because that's when I watch the most. I don't think it's the best, but it's my favorite. I my do favorite, love uh, Revenge of the Sith. I mean, I, it's great. My favorite, I don't know if you can hear, is this is Ray's theme. I love Episode 7. That was the movie that got me back into Star Wars. 
I I like legitimately like was like I, I I'd watch Clone Wars when I was in college, but like I episode like around 2015, Battlefront One had just dropped for the Xbox One, and they released the trailer with the Millennium Falcon blasting off from Jakku, yeah. and I was just like, holy fuck! And so I go and see Revenge of the Sith with my cousin and my uncle at in the theaters in Jersey, and I was mind blown. I'm like. I'm a little kid again. I love Star Wars. This is great. And I honestly, I look at it as more like a more like ADHD friendly version of um, A New Hope. It's a little more yeah. fast. Yeah. And I'm fine with that as a kid with ADHD out the wazoo. And I mean, I, I've always been in love with Daisy Ridley, so it was fine. Um, I literally named my car Daisy Ray. So there you go. <laughs> um, uh, my, but, my buddy saw her uh, walking around Disney one time when at the Star Wars world. You know what? The fa- the amount of shit she gets from some of these like some of these like like Star Wars fans is bullshit. Like she got bullied off yeah. Instagram, which I think is like the most heartbreaking. Because one, her Instagram was hysterical to follow. She was the goofiest person on the planet too. Anybody getting bullied for their role in any show or movie is the worst thing on the planet for me. Like I fucking hate that shit. Like why why it um what's the guy's name? Uh, the guy who plays um the guy who plays U.S. agent. In um uh Captain Wyatt Lee. Russell. Wyatt Russell, yeah, uh Kurt Russell's kid. Got yeah. almost bullied off of the show full time because of Marvel fans bullying his character. He's a weird looking kid though. I will say I that. I mean he's, he's Kurt Russell's <laughs> kid. I mean <laughs> And he's a good actor though. He made you hate he's supposed to make you hate US Agent. Yeah, I only watched the first two episodes so far. I oh, will say yeah, that. That's what to- I don't get. Everyone's like, oh like Fuck White Russell. I hate him. His character sucks. That's the point. I know. Like, yeah. it's just, it cracks me up when people are just like, yo, I hate White Russell. Fuck White Russell. I'm like, this is the same thing you guys do with Daisy with Daisy Ridley. And like, and it's not her fault that people can't fucking write for these, sh- these, these shows. Like, not every movie can be Empire Strikes Back. I'm sorry. But... All right, so Samir, who's your favorite Star Wars character? Uh, I think I've said this before. Mention. Um, I think I, I might have said this before, but Kit Fisto is my personal favorite. I just think he rocks. I love Kit Fisto. Well, Kit Fisto's Kit Fisto's the best. Fisto's the shit. <laughs> yeah, Clone Wars Kit Fisto rocks. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the theory that he doesn't ever actually die in the confrontation with Palpatine. Uh, but I'm a firm believer in that. And I think that he, okay. some Kit Fisto solo content where he doesn't die would be freaking awesome in the Disney universe. Um, I, I actually have a Star Wars question for you guys. Um, I mean, if you guys were to have any, well, okay, we'll do first your guys' favorite lightsaber hilts. And second, if you guys were to have lightsabers, if you were force sensitive, what color would your lightsaber be? What I'll, kind of style would you go for? I'll say my two favorite characters quick. One is Boba Fett. I mean, I almost named my cat after him. I love Boba. And the fact that Mandalorian like gave him the fan service that the comics did give him, it made him a badass. It, it made me so happy. Book of Boba Fett, like I'm like calling out of work that day. It's not. It's not negotiable. Um, and two is probably Obi Wan Kenobi and then Din Djarin. But um, so what was the first question, uh, Samir? Uh, your favorite lightsaber hill. Um, I love um the Obi Wan Kenobi's original from Episode One. Mm. 
like that, like the like the the very simple hilt with the, like the little like almost little spinning thing at the at the start at the bottom. Yeah. I do like Ray's new one too, with is where it, like it's made out of her staff. As much as like people like hate it on the sequels, that was pretty cool. I did like that, and the gold lightsaber is awesome. Well, that means she's a Force Sentinel. That's kind of like what like the whole thing was. So, Kevin, who's your, what's your favorite favorite lightsaber hilt? I actually really like. Uh, it's a tie for me. I really like Dooku's. Yeah. I found it why, by the way. Because uh, Christopher Lee had a fencing background, like had sabers and stuff like that, and he was used to them, so they designed it that way so it was easier for him to hold. Uh, I also like Mace Windu's. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, had the, badass the, motherfucker. <laughs> the gold in it signifies like a very powerful Jedi. It's the only way you could get it. And that's actually why Palpatine's made his all gold, was to like talk shit to the Jedi. Be like, you're not special. Like my whole lightsaber hilt's gold. But so I like Mace Windu's. I like the combination of the silver, gold, and a little black. Yeah. Mace Windu's lightsaber was always pretty badass. And Smith, the second question was lightsaber color, right? Yeah, if you guys were going to have a lightsaber, would it be? Kevin, you want to take lead on this? No, because I have no idea. Uh, mine I'd be just go gray, actually. Gray? Like That'd the be white. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine be black. Uh, it symbolizes power and leadership. Yeah, that's that's where the whole the crystal is. And also a black lightsaber crystal is like the most rare of all of them. And like I, I got really trashed one night. I was uh, hanging with my brother in law and my sister and I was like we were like I started sketching on my on my on my desk and with my pads, I sketched a um oh what's it called? I sketched my what my lightsaber would look like. And I basically, it was a black hill. It was a pretty long hill, like almost like a double, like almost like a broadsword, like an old broad style broadsword. And it had a black blade, like long as hell. Oof. Like I just, I love it. It, it. Like the dark saber to me is the coolest thing on the planet. It as, is pretty as, freaking cool. It is like I actually am trying to find it right now. The black series one, they're sold out right now, but they're re-upping it in a couple weeks. I'm gonna probably buy it because I love the dark saber so much. It's so cool looking. And the fact that the the fact that the dark saber reflects the energy of the person holding it is so cool to me. Yeah, very cool. Also, I'm obsessed with Mandalorian culture. If you haven't figured that out by now, yeah, I literally have a giant Mandalorian flag hanging on my wall. Same as Patrick. which is awesome. I'm also getting a tattoo to my bicep in about a month or so, right here, oh. right next to my half sleeve. Nice. i mine's a little wild. I will say. Okay. I, I I would go for uh you know kind of a a Darth Maul kind of tactic, except I could have him detachable, attachable, detachable too. So like have, uh, the dude from uh, Fallen Order, right? Yeah. yeah, and I'd but I'd go I'd go I'd go purple and green. Those would be my colors. Ooh. Yeah. It'd be fun because, you know, master both uh, light and dark sides of force and green is uh, like, you know, specifies very wise and very in tune with the force. So I know that I could use both sides of force while also being in touch with the force and not, you know, falling into like out of balance, you know, into the dark side. Well, that's kind of why I like the black lightsaber color, too, because it, it's it, it also symbolizes like, you know, both sides of the force, like a dark like the dark Jedi color is purple technically because of Darth Revan, which yeah. I thought was so cool. But, yeah. So that's a dope pick, Samir. Thank you. Kev, you want to run a spin on this one? 
No, I'm good. Green, blue. You don't really have a color. I said white. Oh, white. I I do like that. I love Ahsoka sabers, honestly. I yeah, like are sick. Want to do what I want and don't want to listen to other people. So that sounds so much. Yeah, that, that's Kevin as hell. I love it. Oh wait! Don't listen to the Jedi. Don't listen to the Jedi. Do what I want. Do what I please. I oh, see. The black was more like a happy middle in leadership and utilizing the Jedi power. So I think we both kind of hit the same stride, <laughs> just different angles. Um, what Star Wars property are you guys the most excited for coming on the pipe? Obi Wan. I love Obi Wan. I did and too. And just to have to have Ewan back, and to, it's going to be a fantastic story too, because Obi Wan's such a great character to work with, and oh man, that's just going to be awesome. Kevin, I'm just excited to see the rest of the Bad Batch. Honestly, I'm getting so hyped to. I might watch it while I'm editing in about ten minutes. I am so excited for the Book of Boba Fett. Oh, oh hell yeah! God, I'm so excited. I just bought a Boba Fett like Hawaiian print T-shirt yesterday or yesterday. Like everyone's like, "Who's your favorite Star Wars character?" I'm like, "Boba Fett." Like, You're so basic. I'm like, "No," because I literally read his comics and I wa- And then when he showed up in uh, the tragedy episode of The Mandalorian, because I love Din Djarin's character too, and I love Obi Wan, but Obi Wan is definitely an honorable mention. But like. Boba Fett in that episode was literally, like, the greatest thing I'd ever seen. I was like, oh, my God, this guy is literally going full Punisher on these Stormtroopers. But um, Book of Boba Fett I'm excited for, but also Kenobi. So, yeah, it was a good pick. And also, Kevin, great pick with the Bad Batch because I'm, I'm, like, so antsy to watch the end of this, watch the series. I guess it's 14 episodes, lo- 14 episodes long as the first season, which is going to be dope. 16, I think. 16? Even better. Um... Uh, I really hope the rumors about Kathleen Kennedy taking over, uh, a re- I mean, Ryan Johnson taking over season four of The Mandalorian are not true because as much as Pedro Pascal is in, uh, annoys me sometimes, like, as a person, I do love his character of Din Djarin, so, like, I'm excited for season three that comes, I think, was it mid-spring of 2022? So, I'm excited for also Mandalorian season three. It is going to be awesome. Apparently, Sebastian Stan is going to be there's a rumor apparently, like, and that's actually gaining strength that he actually is in talks with Lucasfilms to play Luke Skywalker, which is so dope. That's been I, rumored forever, though. I guess like it actually is gaining traction. Like he's been like actually talking to them now. I guess I don't know. Like not just fan service, like photoshopping his face onto Luke Skywalker. Also, like Sebastian Stan to me fleshed out his character so much better in Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Samir, if you have like. Starting tomorrow, just binge the whole fucking series. I told my parents to do it. It's six episodes, and it's fucking incredible. The fact that it was six episodes is bullshit, because it's such a better show than WandaVision. Really? I loved WandaVision after episode four. Winter Soldier and uh, Winter Soldier and Captain Falcon were lit- it was literally like awesome from start to end. That therapy scene was hilarious. Oh my in god! The second episode, fucking hysterical. But um, I also love Bucky's. Bucky is one of my favorite Marvel characters, obviously. Yeah, so absolutely. It was, it was definitely gonna be a sell for me. But yeah, no. Um, I am I am just so excited for like to see what they do with Star Wars because 
I want to see like what the who, who, if they actually can get Keanu Reeves to play Darth Revan. That'd be incredible. That would be so cool. That would be the coolest thing of all time. Because if there's anybody who can play like the guy who's been battle tested and battle hardened over like being sw- basically like mind swapped between either side of the force four or five times it could be keanu reeves yeah for sure all right uh anything else about star wars before we move on to uh have you got anything weird for me today by the way uh i do actually this is from last week all right so uh, we'll do a weird thing in a second but folks by the way we'll wrap it up here may the fourth be with you Watch a Star Wars movie or TV show today. Celebrate. Pray to the gods. Dave Filoni, George Lucas. And even if you respect them, J.J. Abrams. But fuck Kathleen Kennedy. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, appreciate the majesty and the uniting thing that is Star Wars. As much as people like are divided over certain things, one thing about Star Wars is it is one of the most loved pop culture things of all time. It, it Star Wars is literally its own. Like everyone's like, oh, superheroes. I'm like no, Star Wars is its own thing. Like if you say you've never seen Star Wars, it's automatically a hard no for me. If I'm, yeah. if I'm talking, I mean, about, it's like if you at least if you've seen it, then it's something. But like, Star Wars is just a new is a whole is a whole thing by itself. But may the fourth be with you all. And uh, let's kick it to weird shit in sports with Big Kev. Kev, what you got for me? So, minor league baseball started up this week, today. Yeah, today. It was the first day back. One league, the Pioneer League, which is not, it's an independent league, uh, not officially associated with any major league teams, but it's designated an MLB partner league. They have eight teams out in the West Coast, two in Idaho, three in Montana, three in Colorado, and one in Utah. They are changing things up for extra innings. Hmm. No, they're not doing something as stupid as putting an automatic man on second. That's the dumbest fucking rule ever. Extra innings aren't a thing anymore in the Pioneer League. Ties? No. Even better. Home run derby off. Home run No way. Fuck yeah, that rocks. Watch. I'm trying to see the exact rules. Give me some. I'll use a knockout format. Right uh, de- you designate one player to receive five pitches in a sudden death home run duel. Oh my god, that <laughs> rocks! Yeah. The release does not say who would be throwing the pitches. Oh. I would hope it'd just be like a regular home run derby, like the pitching coach does, just throws. Meatballs over the plate. And then if after that ends in a tie, you just pick someone else to hit. That is awesome. And then you keep doing that until someone wins. Samir, this is our clip for this week, by the way. But what the fuck? Like, the MLB couldn't figure this out. This is genius. This is amazing. Like, this is is shootout times 10, where it's like, oh, oh, how about this? How about this? Make give them little distance bonuses. If you hit it over 450 feet, give them another pitch. So I will offer MLB. You go full NHL style. You give them two innings. You give them one or one or two innings. What do you think, guys? One or two innings here. Two. Give them two. You give them two innings, extra innings, so they can go to the eleventh. After the eleventh, there's no change, or if it's still tied, you go to home run derby off, and you go until somebody wins. 
That would be so fucking cool. That is the perfect rule. Get rid of these stupid fucking base runners. Get rid of this. Bring back the universal DH. I'm sorry. Nobody, or unless, like, they teams can decline it. So if Mad Bomb or Otani or Granky's pitching, fine. Let them hit. But, and it should be interchangeable during the game, by the way. I think it's, I think that, that rule should be, like, like, if, at least for that hitter at that point, if, like, if they make a pitching change, they could sub in a DH. I think that should be a lie. Like, MLB, come on. 21st century, let's rock and roll with this. The Pioneer League has figured out extra innings before you fuckers do. I I just exactly. it's Kevin, that's beautiful. That would make totally weird. That's just, it's just amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. It's it's amazing shit in sports with Kevin. Um, so I'm gonna uh, roll off with a last call here. Let's kick that Motley Crue music because. The guy I'm talking about has got a hell of speed. Samante speed. And I'm going to talk about a couple things today. So, ladies and gentlemen, of course, the newest Philadelphia Eagle receiver is, my, uh, is Kev's boy, the Slim Reaper, Demonte Smith. Um, I think him and Jalen Hurts have already been seen hanging out. It's been a whole thing all over social media, and I'm loving every minute of it. The guy had a great quote about Philadelphia before he came here. Um... I'm going to pull it up right now because I want to read this shit. It is just beautiful. But basically, it was along the lines of he loved Philadelphia. He loved the all – all right, here it is. Uh, hard work, dedication, committed. A competitor that will do anything or whatever it takes to win. Playing in front of that fan base is second to none. Talking about getting drafted by Philly. I love this kid's drive. I love the fact that he's not afraid to do whatever it takes to win even at his slender size. I think he's going to fit perfectly in Sirianni's offense. Um, to the Nate Burlsons and these overhyping Giants fans, well, not you, Samir. You're a very realistic human being. Um, thank you. Guys, stop getting salty on Devontae Smith and try saying that Kadarius Tony is better. If I hear one more time that Kadarius Tony's the steal of the draft, I'm going to puke. The steal of the draft is Christian Barmore going to the Patriots. He was the top-ranked defensive tackle when he fell to the second round. Or the Joker falling to the fucking Browns at 45. Or, like, even, like, Caleb Farley, who was arguably one of the best corners in the draft, falling to the Titans at 27. If you want to get real reachy here. I'm sorry. Like, even I would throw Gainwell of Philadelphia in there because the guy had the potential to go in the second round. There were so many other players. Kadarius Tony was overdrafted. He's going to be a great player. I think he's going to be a great slot receiver for the Giants. But the overhype he's getting, and I got to throw a shout out to some of my boys who are Giants fans who are calling me about this saying, oh, he's going to be a great player. I'm like, yeah, but Smitty has rookie of the year hopes where your boy is probably going to catch about 500 yards and about maybe 30 balls this year. Smitty is a game changer. Tony is a game, is a playmaker. There's a difference. Kevin, you can attest to this. You've been selling me on Smitty for about six months now. Smitty is a bad motherfucker. That man is 170 pounds and six foot one of just I'm gonna wreck your secondary shit, and there's nothing you can do about it. That man runs surgical routes with top end speed, and I'm ecstatic to have him. Like when I saw like so, in order of operations here, I would have been great to have Pitts. It would have been great to have Chase. I wasn't so I don't know about Waddle because I didn't like how like he he lacked jump ball ability. Or at least, at least in what I saw. Kevin's giving me, shooting me uh, the, the uh, you're an idiot eyeballs right now. 
so maybe I'm missing some tape. I loved Waddle the receiver. But Deontay Smith's tape was incredible. And I knew we weren't getting Waddle at 10. I, I, the, second I, the second I saw Chase get drafted by Cincinnati, I'm like, all right, we're going to get really lucky here if one of those Alabama receivers falls to us at 10 or 12 or whatever. And we're going to have to move up ahead of uh, uh, Green Bay. But then the Carolina Panthers just and the Denver Broncos are my heroes. These dudes fucked everything up for Dallas. And it made everything so much easier. But, um, yeah, so give a shot, quick shout out to Devontae Smith. I am so excited to watch him play in a Philadelphia's uniform. The fact he's wearing number six, or he hasn't been announced officially, but it's he hasn't denied it yet. It's going to be pretty cool. So uh, a couple players, actually. So uh, Darius Slay is switching to number two, by the way, Kevin. That's another star player switching over. So, uh, I think it's so stupid. They have to pay to get all their jerseys. It would suck for Slay. Slay's, like, jersey's actually really popular in Philadelphia, so it's, like, <laughs> it really, it, it, he's going to have to buy a lot. It's so fucking stupid. I know. It's the NFL basically trying to make a buck. Nike's trying to make a buck. Nike said this. True. All right. Anything also, else one quick note. Mm-hmm. The Joker is Mac Jones. Okay, so what do you call uh, a <laughs> uh, Cormo Owasu, where the hell I can't remember pronounce it incorrectly. J O K. I like J-O-K, that. Yeah, yeah, they call J O K. Yeah, okay. I don't know why the hell. I think it was Kurt who tried to tell me his name is the Joker. I'm like, no, Mac Jones. You're right, Mac Jones is the Joker. Um, you know, I thought J O K was one of the steals of the draft. I just like I I have a lot of respect for Kadarius Tony. If the Eagles ended up taking him late, like trading back in the first round to get him, if they took like J C Horn first, I've been like, that's cool. I like I like Tony. I like his top end speed. He's quick. He's shifty. It's just he doesn't wow me on tape. It's like, oh, my God, he breaks the tackle. Incredible. Half the guys in that – half if he plays in the NFL, like every guy he's going to hit is going to be like an SEC-level tackle or a times four. Yeah. That's that's the one problem. It's like, oh, my God, look, he's breaking all these tackles. It's like the Trent Richardson effect. It's like, yeah, guys make those tackles in the NFL. I'm sorry. But, like – it's it's there's a certain effect it's like if it's like a derrick henry or julio jones or like some or like even a keenan allen where these guys are doing this stuff at such a high level it doesn't matter who they're well they're playing but i i just i got irritated i could be saying the king sent the same damn fucking clip of nate Rolson hyping up canaries telling me like, guys i don't care all right i don't give a shit what nate Rolson says he's literally the ultimate wide receiver hype man this dude did a half an episode about travis fulgham fucking up the cowboys two weeks last season so I don't want to hear about it. All right, listen, I love Nate Burleson as a commentator. I love him as an analyst. But he's a wide receiver hype man after the draft. Does it every year. So I don't want to hear about it. Don't be, no Devontae Smith slander on this show. Between me or Kevin, no way, no how. Also just also just putting it this way, like as a Giants fan genuinely, like he's our wide receiver too. And like you guys drafted Smith and he's your bona fide one. That's the difference. And like that's what it'll be. And then you have Fulgham and Rieger, like, duking out for two. Yeah. I have no which, problem. honestly, I think... Which, honestly, I think you go Fulgham, and I think you run Rieger. Uh, I don't know. You could... You, I kinda, could, you can kind of have, like, Smith and Rieger just move around. That's yeah. why I like him yeah. going to Phillies, because then you also have um, Greg Ward, Quez Watkins, and John Hightower. We're, we're definitely getting... I don't even think J.J. Ortega-Whiteside makes the roster, which I think is kind of depressing. We passed on DK for him. Great job, Howie. 
Um, but like, you know, we have two burners in Hightower, Watkins, and, and then we have Ward as a great route runner. And that, that's our receiver. It's not a bad receiving core. Jalen Hurts is going to have a great season. Because I think Smith has bona fide one potential. Fulgham, I think, with a full season of reps is going to be incredible. The thing that killed his numbers last year is a guy wearing number 17 who took plays off. Who made a hell of a catch in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. That's literally... It's Alshon, Je- the, Alshon Jeffries' return killed Malcolm, uh, killed Travis Fulgham's production. Which is the dumbest thing in the planet because Fulgham was on a hot streak. I think he was like four straight 100 yard, 120 yard games or whatever. Or some Something ridiculous like, that, like yeah. that. Yeah, and then Alshon Jeffries comes back. Oh, okay, he gets 10 snaps a game now. Never gets targeted. So, I, I don't know. It's, it's stupid. Last year's, last year's Eagles team literally, I think, took about a year or two off my life. Um, But... All right, we're in a minute, eight, hour 18 right now. So, uh, anything else, boys, before we roll out of here? Um, no, I, I think we're all good. All right, this. Kev, tailgate in the quad this week? Uh, no, it's going to be a couple weeks. We're just easing back into it. Fair enough. All right, uh, live stream Thursday. Pat will be returning for his long-awaited return. Uh, and, um, ladies and gentlemen, Enjoy the NFL offseason as in its true form now. Drafts over. We're not going to really hear anything prior to June first because that's where all these trade deadlines, these all these contract deadlines are. So enjoy the peace and quiet. Watch some baseball. NBA playoffs are rolling around soon, I believe. And uh, play on be the show. Incredible game. I'm Jared. That's Kev. That's my intern Samir. We'll catch you all on Thursday. Peace out. Peace. Bye. Hey guys, Jared. Thanks for checking out the Corner Booth Pod. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Corner Booth Pod. This podcast is brought to you by the Belly Up Podcast Network.